and welcome to Let's Talk Autism. This is the podcast brought to you by Autism Parents. I am your host, Michelle Davy, and this is my co-host. I am Christelle. Hello, Christelle. Hi, Mish. All right then, Chris, so you've had a good week, have you? Yes, I've had a good week. I'm trying to recall what's happened. Uh, can't recall anything, but yeah, good week. Um, the weather's, you know... Why do we have to talk about the, the weather I'm, every time? You know what? It's because I just looked at the window. It's pouring down with rain. Don't tell me about the weather. Tell me about you. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm fine, darling. No, I'm absolutely fine. Just getting on with things. Slowly going back to work, you know. Kids all right at school? Yeah, they're good. Kids are any, good. Any update on the, on the EHCP? Because I know last week you said you were getting there to the sort of stages of getting through the EHCP. Yeah, no, we were literally bombarding them with emails every week. Good. The way to do it. Um, but the person that's supposed to be dealing with it, apparently, I don't know, she's kind of disappeared. I don't know where she's gone. So um, some other guy's handling it. But we are emailing and we are hoping that very soon, you know, my son can get all the help that he needs. But the school are doing a great job and they're really trying to help out as much as they can. Good, yeah. But yeah, they're trying to get all the TAs to rotate and for him to one-to-one support. But yeah, all the kids are doing well and you know, it's nice to have some days where it's so quiet at home. Nice, so weird, isn't it? So nice. weird. I've got all these projects going on, Chris. I'm like yeah. busy, busy myself with all these projects now mm. at, my, uh, at school. We've had a bit of a topsy-turvy week. I don't know why. Christelle, I tell you, my, my week has been the week from hell. My no. car blew up. <laughs> My son's one to one is left. It's just like, oh no, it's your week. You're like in the movie, me. I know. It's just, it's just my very own episode of EastEnders rolling out yeah. right here, Crystal. To be honest, <laughs> that's why. That's why I like coming to do these um, interviews with you, just to watch you. Makes you feel a little bit more normal, didn't it? I suppose. <laughs> no, cool. we've been all right though. Lots, lots to uh, get on with today, though, Christelle, because we're speaking to Nikki today. She's going to be coming up, Nikki, uh, from mm-hmm. Understanding Ella on Instagram. Yes. And she's going to be telling us all about her daughter's condition. Her daughter has a brain malformation, which what? is what your son has, wasn't it? Yeah, he had a vein gain malformation. So now that's to do with all the neuro- neurology, yeah. all that kind of palaver. So, yeah, so it'll be interesting to um, find out her story. So what happened with your son then, Chris? Okay, so he had vein of gain and malformation, which is to do with the blood vessels. So what they had to do is put um, glue in his brain, which is called embolization. I think with embolization, it's not good to, as far as I know, I'm not an expert, please don't troll me and say, do your research. Um, But as far as I know, usually they try to do it in one go, but if it doesn't happen, then usually there's more than one procedure. Wow, so did it happen though? Was it all okay? No, I had to, we had free embolization in the first year oh my God, um, of him being born. So the first embolization that he had was when he was two days old. <gasps> so literally the day after he was born, he was at Great Ormond Street Hospital um, in for five-hour surgery. Oh my no. God, Christelle, I bet, was, you, I bet you was in pieces, weren't you? Like, you just had a baby, all those hormones as well. Or did it's you know, like, when he was crazy. going to be born? When, did you know when he was going to be born? Did you know mm. that? Did you know that, you know, that was we going to be We literally, happening? we literally find out, I think, just under two weeks before he was born. Oh, wow. um, so they had to speed up the delivery day and everything. So I remember when all this was going on, Mish, everyone kept saying, 
oh my god you're so strong you're so strong but honestly do you know what it was is that i don't think i had time to even process what was going on first of all you've had your pregnancy it's all been okay um and i remember there was like a little blip maybe i think maybe when i was like seven eight months pregnant you know you do all these um i don't know tests and stuff when you're pregnant don't you yeah, and then you've got that, that app and they're like telling you like, your baby's the size of an orange. Now it's <laughs> yeah. the size of a cantaloupe melon. Yeah, like that. So, so what size a... fruit was your baby when you had this news? No idea. Watermelon? Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot happening in a very, very short space of time, basically. And it was hard to c- comprehend what was happening. You yeah. know? I couldn't really tell other people as well. A lot of people didn't know because I was still trying to figure out what on earth is happening? Mm-hmm. Do you understand? And then there's all these terms, vein of gale and malformation. Never heard of it, you know? Yeah. Um, what is a malformation? What is it? And you're there trying to deal with what you're doing with and do research at the same time. So it's Google, absolutely Googling, crazy. I bet you it's Googling, won't you? Googling, and it's not very good for you, Googling. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I do not advise it. It's not very good. Um, because <laughs> your mind starts, you start to worry more, you know, yeah. because you're finding out all these information and you don't know what to do with it so yeah it'll be interesting to see nikki and ella i've been dealing with right let's get her on then chris hello and welcome in on to let's talk autism this week we have got nikki from instagram account understanding ella hiya nikki hello hello Hi, you know, Nikki, you are coming on. You approached us to come on because you want to share your daughter's journey. Your daughter is Ella. She is autistic or under diagnosis to autism. We're having a bit of conflict. Um, Great Ormond Street suspect that she's autistic and want our local team to do the assessments. Our local team are basically saying that, oh, she's quite complex. It's going to take a lot of... They've, they've seen her loads, but they're just kind of... Not sure. So they're waiting to see after brain surgery to see if they get a clearer picture of what's going on once hopefully she's off meds. And so we're kind of, they're saying yes, they're saying we're not sure. So we're just in the middle. So tell us a little bit about Ella. So Ella has got, like I said, a list of diagnoses already. So at the minute she's got cortical dysplasia, epilepsy, development delay, speech delay, um, a moderate severe language disorder. So that's receptive and expressive, a duplex kidney, kidney reflux, and a little bit of kidney damage, and some sensory issues. And they've also put uh, food aversion and some put fussy eating, but the food aversion's on there as well because it overtakes our life a little bit to the point where yeah. she needs intervention. Right, so it could so, be that Arfid's what we was we've done. A, you know, I, I listened to that one, and it's yeah, yeah. It, she was on. like everything it was like yep she does that yep she does that yep she does that so it's so mm. interesting wow that's a, a big list there was that did you know when you was pregnant that there was going to be you know no and the, cord- the cortical dysplasia was actually actually happened in the pregnancy um so it's a congenital condition we didn't find out until she was three and a half I think but it actually that happens in the womb, I think between 21 and 27 weeks in pregnancy. Basically, when a baby has a certain points where they're supposed to, each part is supposed to develop, um, at whatever time that it's supposed to develop, the layers in the brain didn't develop properly, which lead, led to the cortical dysplasia, which then in turn led to the epilepsy. So, so we didn't know until she was three and a half. So what what is that, that cortis, cortisol? Cortical, it's, 
Yeah. Basically, a so when you're in the womb, the layers of the brain start at the core and they work their way out, creating layers. For whatever reason, could be genetics, something the mother has done, or just a freak of nature, they don't migrate where they're supposed to go or at all. And because they're neurons in the brain, which cause electrical synapses and that then the biggest symptom of that is seizures. So wow. it was when we were investigating why she was having seizures and MRI then picked that up. Okay, so when was the first time that she had a seizure? When she was two and a half. I just woke up to her having a seizure. It was about four o'clock in the morning. She used to sleep in my arms um, and I heard her. It was like a graspy noise and she was moving, but I thought she was going to be sick. because It was dark and the movement and the sound that she was making. So I kind of sat her up, then quickly realised that it was something different and the lights went off and that's when we found her unconscious basically having oh a seizure that must have been um, frightening it took me like a few seconds to realize what was happening and then she kind of stopped and then for the next i think it was about 20 25 minutes she did nothing her eyes were open and staring she wasn't responding i was on the phone to the paramedics and they were just saying to me stay now when she takes a breath and I never said now because she didn't, I could see no movement from her at all. But I knew she was breathing. That was the way I kept saying to them, I know she's breathing, but she's not mm. doing anything. And to me, that was kind of more scary than the seizure because the seizure, she was doing something. She was moving. She, Although she was unconscious, she was doing something. That was the worst part. And then the paramedics came in and five of them came bursting in. It was like half four in the morning. And they were basically, yep, classic post-dictal, which basically means after a seizure, the body needs to recover. And they kind of dealt with her. And then they just basically said to me, get a bag, we need to go. And that was kind of like the start of the journey. Yeah. But they kind of said that some people can have a seizure. One, Everyone's allowed one seizure in their life with no explanation. And they said she may never have another seizure again. But I kind of knew that she was going to because six months previous, I found her unresponsive, similar to how she was after her seizure, but not quite as severe. So I said she's kind of done this before, but I didn't see the seizure part. I just found her unresponsive. And some seizures, uh, there's a little boy that I taught when I was a teacher, and um, some seizures can just be like a like with epilepsy. There was a little boy I taught he, and he didn't, I'm not being, I hope this doesn't sound um, offensive or anything, but when people have seizures, you kind of think of the classic sort of, yeah. that sounds terrible, classic, like. Yeah, convulsing, yeah. at the mouth. Yeah, that themselves. Sort of, yeah. But this little boy used to just completely just go blank, glaze over. Yeah, yeah there's like, I think there's over 40 different types of seizures. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so they kind of, you get the, what you see in the movie, somebody convulsing throffing at the mouth Ella's never wet herself never kind of throffed at the mouth um hers are actually very gentle and subtle in the beginning she used to go unconscious but she's on three medications now so they constantly change form every time they introduce the medication or they up the medication it changes it so what you think you're looking for then something else happens the only thing with her is her eyes always deviate to the left and that's our biggest and it can be anything from a 30 second slump now so she might just slump over to her being unconscious. I think the longest she's got is 25 minutes in a cluster where she's kind of dipped in and out. Wow. Um, yeah. And what can something trigger that though, Nikki? Like, can you, do you know, like, could there be something that, like, if she's overtired or something was stressing, could, could something make her go into a seizure? Excitement for her is a really big trigger. We noticed birthday, she kind of, she doesn't know how to um, kind of, 
deal with her emotions very well. So she's not very good at regulating her emotions. So excitement is a big one. Tiredness, illness. But we find that vomiting bugs are my fear because they mm. they mess up the medications. She'll be vomiting them up. And then that obviously has an impact that seizures can... I usually find they're worse after a sickness bug. Um, yeah. Maybe not immediately, but sometimes it can be like two, three weeks later, you have that knock-on effect of an increase in seizures or they last longer or yeah sickness bugs are my I dread them but how how do you deal with that because everything that you're describing like her getting really excited or being tired these are all things that children regularly go through so how do you I don't know how to word the question how do you you we try and play down a lot of things (laughs) sounds really horrible but she's really forgetful which is another side effect of epilepsy memory loss um so last christmas she forgot it was christmas which actually worked in our favor because she didn't get that excited about it you know we'd spent the whole month building up and i remember saying to her ella who's coming tonight and she was like um uh i was like she genuinely had no idea and i thought oh maybe that's her little way of protecting herself because yeah imagine if she was excited mm, yeah. um birthday I remember her fifth birthday no not her fifth it was her fourth birthday it was just seizure 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 she woke up and you could almost see her shaking with excitement and the whole day was just her sleeping off seizures and it was you know not very nice to watch because yeah. no it was her day but yeah what do you have to do when a seizure happens do you have to go to the hospital every time you know what's the sort of protocol there like what what is it the treatment that you're accessing, I suppose. So we now have a seizure protocol. So she's allowed to seize for five minutes. When you get to five minutes, I then have a rescue medication that I give her. And then an ambulance has to be called at the five minute mark. Thankfully, she's more of a two, three minute kind of, that's how long her seizures last. Things like sickness bugs, they can then sort of go into the nine minute marks. But on the whole, she's kind of two, three minutes, sometimes even less than that. Sometimes, like you say, it's that you might just see her slumping constantly, various intervals through the day. Is this um, every day as well, though? Again, a lot of hers happen at night. So night time's actually where she has the most seizures. But sometimes they can be like every hour throughout a day. And then you might not notice any for a few days, might not notice any for a week. So they just, there's no, there's no kind of... Pattern. There's no pattern. Yeah, there's just, yeah. yeah. And that's the worst part. It's like if you knew that mm. they were going to be, oh... That time but you don't you I literally spend my days I could get a call at any point say an ambulance is, she, is on its way or that she's had a seizure or she's is she at yeah. school then does she does she uh, go to school yeah she's at school so she's just died year two right and how do they cope with that at school so does she have any HCP plan in place she has an HCP we just got one this summer in lockdown wow well, well done well, yeah <laughs> I was say congratulations we're <laughs> so jealous really <laughs> no, I wanted to get any HCP and I'm like of course we're gonna get one in lockdown when nobody can assess her and you know it was all done via telephone and I'm like I want somebody to go into the school and see her but we got one that was the main thing so yeah that is yes, the so- main thing yeah, yeah, getting it was great. the biggest battle. Um, so she's got the HCP, but they're they're really good in the sense that I go in annually. So just before, normally on the inset days before they go back to school, I go in and refresh everything. Show that I, in the beginning we were told to video the seizures because EEGs, which is how they kind of show what's happening in the brain, don't always pick up activity. A person may have ap- epilepsy, but the EEG may show nothing. So we're told to film, 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 film. And so I go into school and I show them the videos and sort of just explain to the staff about her seizures. And, and how does Ella 
feel and know about this and how does she cope with it and because there's so much to to cope with isn't it yeah sometimes she even says seizure now before she has one so she might just be sitting there and she'll go seizure and then she'll have a seizure sometimes you get no warning at all so Mm. she kind of knows that can she think she knows if one's coming I think she does but I don't know what some people say they get smells or tastes or I don't know what her if but she knows that one's coming but I don't know what she gets she's not very good at communicating those kind of needs yeah so it's kind of she just you have about 10 seconds and she'll say seizure and then she'll have a seizure is she verbal Ella yep yep she's she's verbal really chatty but because of the language disorder she can not make a lot of sense a lot of the time and what is what is the language disorder then this was something that was picked up by Great Ormond Street um, as part of her brain surgery pathway they do an assessment they do assessments on her and they picked up um, that she has moderate receptive language disorder and severe expressive so it means her understanding of language moderately delayed and then her expressive so she might not always understand what people are saying to her but then she can't express it back her needs which then leads to a lot of frustration a lot of meltdowns because she's six and she's trying to tell you what she wants or what she needs she doesn't always make a lot of sense so she might say things like mum get a drink my cup's full and I'm like you mean empty Ella you know it's kind of everything's a bit muddly and a bit she when she gets excited again she gets very babbly and doesn't always make sense yeah the language disorder is just her understanding of language and then her expressing her needs Mm. Um, so I presume that with all diagnosis that she has that she regularly goes to hospital yes she goes to hospital and so this is a question for both of you I wanted to find out how do you feel like your children cope with going to hospital or going to see the doctor because my child even though he had his embolization for the veil of gain and malformation on his brain even though that happened in the first year of his life it's as if he knows because any time we go into any medical establishment, he kicks off. He yeah. has a complete meltdown. Doesn't want a doctor to touch him. Doesn't want anybody to put anything in his ears, his mouth. He he just goes, you know, overboard. So do you guys find that as well with your children or are they completely fine? It can be very hit and miss. We recently had to go back up to have an MRI done. And we had to go up the day before for a COVID test. And then we just basically had nothing to do till the next day. And as soon as we got onto the ward, she kind of knows now that when they're coming near her, they're going to do something to her, whether it's take a blood pressure, take a bit of blood. So the last visit that we had was quite traumatic in the sense that she was just screaming, no, 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 and not letting them in the room, not letting them near her. Um, She knows the process, even from going down to the anaesthetic room, she knows everything like she thinks I stay with her that's the only good thing so obviously when she goes to sleep she wakes up and I'm there so she thinks that I'm there the whole time but she knows the process of everything so she knows what's coming um, and it does make it more challenging because she's trying to fight them she doesn't want them to do it and then other times she can be amazing and kind of stand on the scales and do things so it's very I guess it depends on her moods that day and how she's feeling and but yeah, they, they do know. They do remember everything. Yeah. So what's your hope for Ella going forward, like going moving on in the future? What are your hopes for your daughter? Well, we're currently waiting for her to have brain surgery to remove that part of the brain. Um, wow, so they've got to actually remove part of her brain? Yeah, they're going to... We're, we're delayed now because of COVID. Um, so, yeah, the plan is that they're going to completely remove that abnormal area in the brain. 
What is um, that? Was that obviously they know it's like, oh, is that going to be all right? Obviously, no, it's going to be all right. I hope you know. they know what they're doing. Yeah, like, you know, obviously, they know a lot more than little old me here. But so, how does that work? How can they even remove part of a brain? And then, do you know what I mean? What effect would that have on Ella? They, the part that they're removing, they're certain that she's going to lose her left peripheral vision in both eyes. Um, so she potentially could be left partially sighted. Yeah, they're just kind of, that's the price we have to pay. That was literally his words. Um, she could be left with numbness, tingling and weakness down one side, but they think that would be temporary. But what you gain from that is the seizures, which could potentially kill her. Yeah, I was going to say. Would be gone. It's yeah. kind of weighing up. You're going to might have to live with this, but the safest option, I guess. Yeah, because I was yeah. thinking, oh, if she's registered partly sighted, she's not going to be able to get a driving license when she's older, and they just like DVLA are not going to give her a license if she's seizing anyway. Yeah. So weigh up the pros and the cons. Yeah. And they kind of explained it as it's a mechanical problem that needs a mechanical fixture. The meds. We've tried five meds and they changed the seizures, but they never stopped the seizures. Mm. And they said, because it's a structural problem. So all the meds are doing is just kind of surfacing the area um, and not really getting to the root of the problem. So they need to remove that area. Yeah. So what she'll be left with is a cavity in her brain where mm. the parietal lobe once was. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating, but terrifying. Oh my goodness. Nikki, how do you cope with this as, as a parent, you know? We kind of thought it would be done by now and it just keeps getting mm. delayed and delayed. And I bet that's the worst, isn't it? It's frustrating. Yeah, that's yeah. When, when was it meant to happen? Well, we, we found out in March that she was a candidate and they were going to do it. And then they said three months, but then in March, lockdown happened. You know, yeah. Yeah. So then they... We had the MRI in August, so I thought, oh, things are probably picking up again. And then I've been hearing in the news this week that they're stopping surgeries again. So although we haven't had it confirmed that it's being put back, I think the chances are it probably will be. I'd hope that it'd be done now this year, but I'm kind of preparing myself for the fact that we're going into next year. So it is just kind of hanging over us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just because it's having an effect on other things. Like she can't Mm. get the autism assessment until she's had the brain surgery yeah, yeah. She can't they're not doing this until she's had the brain surgery everything's mm. kind of waiting for that to get well, hanging in the balance for yeah. for this surgery yes we're just waiting oh. um we're really hoping for the best for for her honestly yeah, yeah. Um, unbelievable absolutely unbelievable what you're going through and wow <laughs> i can't even comprehend it i really can't yeah i mean she has no idea that this is coming up you know, yeah. to her, she'll just be put to sleep and she won't mm-hmm. know any different. But I would never be able to explain it to her because she would never understand. And, you know, and she's six. You know what? I think well, from what I've learned from being even at Great Ormond Street Hospital is that kids are really, really, really strong. Yeah. But yeah, the children are strong and they can really surprise you in their yeah, recovery. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I hope it all goes well for you. Oh, yeah. You. Yeah. Thank I think she'll be amazing. Definitely. Yeah. And if you want to follow Nikki, you can follow her over on Instagram at Understanding Ella. At <laughs> Understanding Ella. Thank you so much, Nikki, coming Thank on you. and sharing your story Thank with you. us. Thank you. Bye. Oh my gosh, Christelle, that was uh, Nikki from Understanding Ella. <gasps> what a story, eh? I know. She's going through so much. Right now, I, I think one of the worst feelings is when something's happening to your child and you just wish that it was happening to you. 
Yeah. You know, it's just so heart-wrenching. But she seems like a lovely woman, strong woman. She is a strong a, woman. You, you can know, tell that. A great, yeah, a great mum. Such a positive attitude, you know. And I believe that her positive attitude reflects well on her daughter. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Mm. I mean, if you want to follow Nikki, you can follow her at Understanding Ella and follow all what's going on with Ella's progress over there. Well, Christelle... Mm. next week do you know what we're talking about well apart from your teaching days what else <laughs> <laughs> what else <laughs> everyone loves a teaching story chris uh, <laughs> we're gonna be speaking about blue badge have you got one i don't have one do you know what blue badge is you know the ones i mean yeah, the, the disability badge disability yeah because actually you can yeah. have one now if your child's autistic so yeah. we're going to be speaking to somebody about that next week so that's going to be interesting okay can't wait looking forward to next week's one let's do it yep that's it if you want to follow us you can follow us over on let's talk autism podcast on instagram and on twitter you can follow christelle at guardians of the precious and you can follow me shout out the cockney blog girl yeah and yes i think i'm gonna do a little quiz i think i'm gonna do a little let's talk autism podcast quiz over on the podcast uh instagram yeah, page yeah. i think we need to start doing a few prizes that's that's my uh aim crystal yeah, before christmas before okay. christmas we're gonna be giving up presents like it's christmas yeah crystal's <laughs> gonna be buying loads of really expensive <laughs> gifts <laughs> giving them to people i'm going on group on <laughs> wish.com <laughs> yeah do you, do you ever get any of those crystal on wish.com do you see some of those things that come up as sponsored i'm not even joking there was something the other day and it was like a some sort of like jet or something it looked like it was to clean your uterus i'm not even joking oh. a, a uterus cleaner lovely christmas sorted, sounds right up your street me <laughs> christmas in a bag <laughs> yeah <laughs> right then that is us for the week. I'll um, speak to you next week. And so will Christelle. She'll be here on time. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.